What's going on, world? Peace and blessings. Appreciate you tuning in. Welcome back to Well Connected. Definitely got a dope episode in store today. Make sure you check out last week's episode, Black and Politically Independent. So, we keep on par. We're going to keep it politics as usual. Today, we're going to talk about a more neutralized topic, and that is the primary season. As you may or may not know, currently right now, we are in our Democratic and Republican primary season to see who will be the nominee for a 2024 national election. So today we're going to talk about both the Democratic side and Republican side, the different candidates, kind of talk about what's going on right now, and some predictions and how the landscape is pushing. So let's get into it. So first we'll start with the Dems. It's a lot shorter side here. So as we know, we have our incumbent president, Joe Biden, who has given all indication that he was going to probably run for re-election coming up. Still hasn't like officially announced it, but that's pretty much what he's going on here. Okay, so Joe Biden is running for the election. And if you may or may not know, there are actually other candidates on the Democratic side, uh, Maureen Wilmerson and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Um, if you may not know, uh, from the news at least, it seems that Biden is the only candidate. Uh, typically, you know, the incumbent president generally kind of has the uh, uh, benefit of doubt, if you will, just of running again. However, there's been times when that president has been primaried as well. Uh, so as a collective whole right now, Democratic uh, side, uh, the, the Democratic National Convention um, and Committee, they're, they're, they're not planning on having a primary, uh, meaning that they're not going to have debates uh, with Biden. Now, you know, in their mind, their, their logic is, well, Biden's going to be the nominee. So let's not waste our time by having these uh, um, debates. Uh, you know, you could argue that, well, Marine Wilmington and RFK Jr. aren't legitimately um, polling as a true actual uh, uh, threat to Biden. So no need to have debates. Now, for myself as a British independent, as we established last episode, I'm kind of just, 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 turned, just turned off by this behavior by not having primaries for Democratic Party. Because, like, even if Biden's going to be your nominee, like, okay, but he, he should have to talk about a plan and platform. You see, part of the problem is, in my opinion, is that in the 2020 election, Biden never really had a true platform. It was just take out Trump, Trump, get Trump out of office, but no means necessary. I mean, necessary, right? Like, that was a narrative for most people. And so, because of that, I'm like, all right, well, what about now? Because lots of campaign promises and things that Joe Biden said he would do that unfortunately did not happen. And so, I do think that as a president, nominee you should have to speak on those things right speak on your record uh to be, be fair to be honest like you know let's let's see your, your mental health and your cognitive ability 80 years old now um and i don't believe in ageism i do think anybody can be sharp as a as a tool late in the game for sure but you know he's definitely has shown many many times in cages again where it seemed like some real cognitive slips you know and i'm like are we all keep pretending this is happening here we're just always a sidestep this i'm like this man is like a leader of a free world like Maybe we should double check and make sure he's cool. Run this back for another four term, or he might be like 85 at the end of it. You know. So again, I think for Biden, he should have to speak on his record. I think he should have to actually speak to other candidates and defend himself. Um, he, he doesn't do that now. Doesn't do interviews. They kind of hide him like a puppet. So again, uh, he's a president, and he's the incumbent for sure as of right now. But the Democratic Party not having a primary is just is disheartening because even for like Robert F. Kennedy Jr., 
who's probably about 13, 12% in most of the national polls of Biden, right? Uh, it's kind of low to the threshold, but he's someone who has had opposing views and things and is trying to bring a different opinion to the Democratic side and party. And the fact that we're limiting discussion, right? I think discussion is always good for new ideas. And even for like an independent perspective, right? Someone like myself, who's a quote unquote swing voter, right? It's like, man, I would like to see what's the true vision of the Democratic Party, what's the narrative going to be, are other opinions allowed in the Democratic Party, like what, what's happening here, you know, and by limiting that discourse, by limiting that dialogue, I think it's bad, because it's like, there should be ideas that Marine Wilmerson and RFK Jr. both have that maybe Biden wants to adapt into his platform and campaign to try to unite and make people a possible Democratic uh, campaign, because reality is, look, like even if somehow, some way, Trump is a nominee again, I'll talk about that later in a second, the same whole Trump out by any means necessary isn't going to be as strong as before because now Biden, you had a four years of a track record. And some people may see, well, actually, maybe you aren't necessarily the better option, right? Depending on the views on that. And so now having a primary, again, I think is something that's not um, as conducive, right? And then there's another third party candidate that people may not know is Dr. Cornell West, who's running on the Green Party. Now, I want to start by saying all respect praise dr cornell west black man has built an entire adult life to the betterment of black community through dialogue academics reasoning factual objective evidence um, social justice and nothing but respect for him and that's that i'm just giving his flowers out he's not a butt coming that, that's my guy shout out dr cornell west uh, so run the green party so i know some people may think oh a third party and I understand a lot of people may not resonate well with third-party candidates. They may feel that, oh, they're just taking away from other candidates. Oh, there's no chance of winning. Oh, I vote for a third party, I vote for Trump. You know, I heard all these narratives and stuff before. But it turns out it actually isn't that simple. And I know that, again, part of something being so hyper-partisan is that whether you're a Democrat or Republican, in a day, like a lot of people are going to vote party lines. So they may not like the candidates. They may be critical of them. So it comes down to the, 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 the meat and, and grizzle, they're going to vote for their party, right? And so I think at times people get very, I don't say arrogant, but like, oh, if you're not voting my side, you're you're basically an enemy, right? And essentially try to like just gaslight, bully, shame people from voting a third party. And you got to understand it doesn't work that way. Like for myself as an actual independent voter, um, if I don't think a, a Democrat or Republican is a, a good candidate or has a policy to benefit me or the black community, I'm not voting for them. Full third party then. Like, you're not going to shame or bully me to, ah, oh, you didn't vote my person. No, okay. I have a right to vote for someone just as much as you have a right to vote for somebody. This notion that you get the guilt and bully and shame me because I don't share the same ideology as you or because I'm not as partisan as you, I'm sorry. You may feel that way that your candidate didn't win or that you won't vote for your candidate, but that's not how that works. You can't bully and shame people. As you got realized, I know the voters, like, it's a, it's a turnoff. And I see, especially Democratic Party at times when it's like I have, even though I'm an independent voter, I have voted Democrat before, right? For like the right candidate and stuff. Absolutely. Sure. They got policy? Bet. I have voted before. But it's like, there's a notion if I have, if I challenge a candidate though, where this is pushback, if you challenge them and you think about voting third party, and trying to, again, bully and shame somebody again and discredit them for having a different view and not voting for Joe Biden, it's disgusting and it's not going to work. 
and it pushes people away it pushes people who are quote unquote independent moderate to another side so like that whole like arrogant vote for my person thing and like a, a side note to that i know especially because of the 2016 election and because of third party involvement with the green party dr joe, joe stein and also as well you had with the libertarian party and, and, and with gary johnson and a lot of people felt that hillary clinton lost because of the the third party voting but the reality is even with all the green party votes and everything like that Hillary clinton still loses to trump um it was electoral college so quite frankly it didn't make a difference and if you want to talk about this fact that somehow like even this past 2020 election right if there's the logic was if you voted for a third party person to say you're voting for trump because i want to vote for biden yet somehow some way if i vote for a third party person it wasn't a vote for biden like, I understand how logic works for a vote for one third party person to vote for Trump, but yet at the same time, not voting for Trump is somehow voting for Trump. Uh, I didn't really get that. It doesn't really make sense. It's kind of like, a, it's, it's, it's a gaslighting straw man argument. And the reason people get very short-sighted with that partisan element, if you look at 2016, especially, like, Trump won the Electoral College, right? Like, heavy. And I know Hillary won the popular vote, but again, she won heavy populated states, California, did really well in Florida, Texas did really well, New York. I say this is that the, the third highest vote getter, right, in, in the 2016 election was Gary Johnson, the libertarian, former Republican governor in New Mexico. Who do you think libertarian, right-wing Republican Gary Johnson took more votes from? Republican right-wing candidate Donald Trump, who libertarians typically vote more Republican side, or left-wing Hillary Clinton. The reality is he's still more votes from Trump. And Trump still won, right? So again, to that point, it's like, yes, third-party people at some time like have different umbrellas, but like I think is that the problem is when people are so partisan, you're seeing it from a partisan perspective. That, well, if you don't for this party, you're not voting for my party. And it's like, again, from an actual independent objective perspective, I'm telling you, like, for example, right, this upcoming election here, I'm not sure who I'm going to vote for yet. But like someone like Dr. Cornell West, right? I may not vote for him, right? Because I'm not sure his policy stuff is, right? And be fair and quite frank, do I think Dr. Cornell West has a chance of actually winning the primary? No. Do I have a chance of actually winning the presidency? Like, because it's a Green Party, we're win the presidency? No, I don't think he actually has a chance because that's the way the big, big government works. However, right, he's a legit candidate. But I think sometimes a slippery slope is assuming, well, if I don't vote for Cornell, Dr. Cornell West, that somehow that means automatically I'm going to vote for Joe Biden and Democrats. And that's not true. Like, that's the, that's the problem. Like, is, I'm not voting for Joe Biden. I'm very straightforward when I say that. I'm not, not in zero circumstance. I didn't vote before, I'm not voting again. And I will talk about my podcast why it's because of his past history and current history with systematic white supremacy and racism and the harm he's done to the black community. That's my opinion. That's my view. And I can give objective facts to back it up. But that's a straight up point to it, right? Like, I'm not voting for him. So, now that doesn't mean I'm voting for Trump or Republicans either at all. But at least not back to my vote for it. Now, with that being said, though, right? Again, just because I'm not voting third party, I don't mean I vote Democrat. Like, y'all keep looking at it from a very partisan perspective, from an independent perspective. I'm going to vote for the best candidate I think has the best policy and represents me. That's where I'm at. Again, that's because I don't dive into the partisan element. And they, I'm not voting Democrat. I've never been a registered Democrat my entire life, ever. I've never been a registered Republican, ever. So I don't have a home, per se, in that regard, right? 
So now, does that mean that in other other positions, another election cycle as a whole national, I won't vote for a Democrat candidate? No, it's not Biden. Uh, but that brings me to my point, though, right, about just as a whole, independent way of thinking, right, the primary element. So again, we can bully and shame, be mad at third-party candidates all we want, but you understand for third-party voters, I don't really care what you think and how you're upset and what you're mad. You're not going to gaslight me and voting for someone who doesn't represent me, not voting for someone who's a white supremacist, voting for someone who has failed policy. Like, no, I'm sorry. It ain't going down like that. But that's my perspective. And that brings me to which I think is going to happen, Democrat, actual primary. You know, I just I just don't think Biden's going to be the candidate. It's not sure he's going to make it there. And that may be from indictments, what's going on, his dealings and everything like that, especially with his son and all those evidence in Ukraine pieces. So just to help and everything going forward. And plus the Democrats, like that, that really we want to put out there? Um, it may be. I think what may happen is that someone else is going to step in who's not here right now. Uh, that's someone I think maybe Gavin Newsom, governor of California. If you pay attention, he's been doing a lot of our kind of organic organic outreach across the country. Going to kind of campaign trail, going to different states, talking to people, hearing their messages. I think for a Democrat... He, you know, leader of California, again, one of the large states in, here in the country. He's younger, um, you know, more energy. He could be someone who could step in on the campaign trail, especially if Biden does not go. I've also heard about, uh, excuse me, Gretchen Whitmore, governor of Michigan, uh, potentially as well for her maybe to step in, potential replacement, or be on a ticket for somebody as well. Uh, this could be very interesting to see what happens here, right? Uh, even Gavin Newsom maybe gets on the ticket as a VP for Biden, potentially. Uh, I'm not sure if Biden's going to with Kamala Harris again. I, I, I think that worked on the last cycle here. I don't think neither of them have really done anything to really uplift the profile in this several years so far here in, in her administration. Um, we'll see what happens again. I mean, she's qualified for VP and everything. And even for herself, I don't think that she is has shown enough as a VP to run for president in that role. So we'll see if Biden gets there. I think the problem is right now, Everything is kind of held up on what happens on the Republican side, right? Even for Biden, I was talking to one of my colleagues earlier who is a progressive, and he was telling me how, for himself, you know, he was kind of worried because Biden hasn't put a platform out at all yet, right? And it's like, well, what are, you, what are you running on? And I think also as well to look at, like, again, I think people will unite for the pro, for the, the nominee, but it's tough this time. It's not going to be as simple as before. With the holds get Trump out off of any means necessary because— a lot of progressives so far have been turned off by a lot of policies Biden has done because they have been really more uh, uh, typical government uh, and a lot of sometimes uh, right-leaning policies and behavior. And so, you know, we'll see where that takes us. But again, it kind of really depends on the Republican side because I think they're trying to see, is Trump going to be a nominee or not, right? If, if Trump's a nominee, then Biden would essentially just run on, well, we got to get Trump out of office again. No mean, no, no means no type of thing, right? And that essentially would be the platform, which isn't a platform, but that's what they're run on, right? Hysteria, run on the fear, and those elements. If it's not Trump, if somehow, again, it's DeSantis or someone else, then that changes entire things completely. Because now it's like, oh, I can't just use the he's a criminal thing or we have to get him out of office. Like, oh, I have to come with policy and, and, and debate and speak to people. And I'm like, yo, Biden, you want to give him, like, that's why I'm like, this. I think it's a mistake not having to do the primaries, quite frankly, get warmed up. Cause I'm like, all right, you're going to throw him straight into national debates you can't duck those <laughs> those have to happen so that brings me to the gop here right um as we know donald trump is the front runner uh former president running again for the um nominee 
Like he's run away with it, right? It's not even close. He's in almost all polls. He's over 50% polling in almost every single poll. Uh, the next closest is uh, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. Hit about 13% in some of the polls here, but it's not even really close. Um, then you have uh, Vivek uh, Ramswamy. Uh, you have uh, Nikki Haley, former governor of South Carolina. You've got uh, Sen- uh, Senator Tim Scott from Sen- uh, South Carolina as well. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. And uh, former uh, Vice President Mike Pence. So, you had a Republican primary a couple weeks ago, right? And, you know, the largest takeaways from it is that, well, Trump's is is going to be the nominee. Even with these impending legal charges he's facing, it, it, it kind of seems like less, like, quite frankly, he's, like, convicted of something that, like, violates, I believe, like, 14th Amendment where he cannot run again for office. He's going to be the nominee. It's kind of crazy that way. Uh, he legitimately might be indicted. Like, I know right now, they set it up for one of the trial in Georgia. is going to be about after election. Uh, but, like, before t- Super Tuesday, I believe. Uh, very interesting. Real quick on that. Uh, I'll say this for Trump. No- nobody's above the law whatsoever. Okay? If you did it. crimes, you got to be held accountable. Right? For sure. So, no one's above the law. Uh, so, that being said, right? Do I think there's some W smoke to some of these things? Sure. Okay? I think, especially election fraud stuff, Trump brought a lot upon himself, to be honest. I'll do a whole show on that in the future about uh, th- there was no election fraud, okay? The, for the natural level, no, it wasn't. He lost. Same thing with there was no Russian collusion in 2016. He like, lost, okay? Conspiracy theories. With that being said, though, right, um, I do think that the timing of some of these charges, especially like in Georgia and these areas, I do think it's politically motivated. I do think it's not a coincidence that they put these charges now, so it just happened that the trial will start for a Super Tuesday for election season. Like, all these things all occurred, like, back in, like, 2020, like, 2019, 2020, right? Uh, excuse me, like, 20 and, and moving. So, for several years, a lot of stuff could have been brought up. It's timing. Now, again, now that he comes out in a position for it to happen, sure. Uh, but I do think it's a slippery slope for Department of Justice. Um, I do think this stuff is completely motivated. Um, ironically, though, Trump, when really in 2016, was all about Hillary Clinton. I'm going to lock her up. And, and, and I get in the office, the first thing I'm going to do is hire a special prosecution to take her down. And But never happened, it was capped. But it's like, well, bro, uh, dang, they kind of doing the same thing to you now. So, I don't know. It's kind of interesting how that worked out there. Um, but then Trump was going to be the nominee, though, more than likely. Now, again, if he's not, if somehow, it's only going to be really if some legal stuff happens. That's quite frankly what's going to happen. Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, who had a lot, a lot of... Uh, um, um, promise when he kicked off his campaign a lot of people thought you know he could be legit good alternative to trump because you know he wasn't as um, um, um controversial at least what he said things was a lot better you know political temperament right more typical governor uh, especially held office before and especially for republican party for them they want to get back to quote-unquote normalcy right in some regards trump hijacked the republican party and that's where maga came out of and that's why you gotta understand from a self-independent perspective who has public conservative friends who check stuff on their sides for social media i can say like yo there's now a growing divide though right there's a lot of people who form maga that that got off the trump train right and now on the DeSantis train uh, some people who are really large acolytes for trump during the whole 26 2020 and now like they pulling with DeSantis here right um now maga definitely has still the clout and pool uh for sure and the influence so, like, the reality is, right, even DeSantis, like, was to be the nominee, he has to win MAGA, like, and it's not a, it's not an assumed thing that just because he's a Republican nominee to vote for him, because their loyalty is a Trump, not the Republican Party, per se, right, even though, like, they're kind of two, but it's not. Now, 
although DeSantis' campaign has lost a lot of steam, I think he's really trying to sell himself up, really, for 2028. Probably finish term as governor, rise up within the Republican Party, especially with the leadership, put himself in prime position. Now, I will say this much. As someone that lives here in central Pennsylvania, uh, was a very large area, at least of Pennsylvania itself, was real close in the last election. B- Biden got it by 2016, Trump won, right? And it's, Pennsylvania, outside of the major cities, is very, very rural, okay? So I was talking to some of my friends who are Republicans. And I had a conversation, interesting enough, I went to a little lobbyist group and these conservative Republicans. And a lot of them were Trump or Trump former Trump supporters and current Trump supporters, but a lot of them were also talking about DeSantis. And it wasn't really the fact of DeSantis is a better candidate. They were saying, well, Trump, though, is that, like, some of the things that they got tired with is that, you know, for some of the things that Trump said he, he was going to do, he didn't do, right? And I think part of the problem is, even with the whole election fraud thing, is that I saw my buddy, he he, he does uh, um, polling, okay? And he does actual, like, uh, um, canvassing, volunteer canvassing work, right? So he went down to Georgia, okay, after election, uh, national election, right? And Trump was saying the whole election stole, stolen stuff and Georgia now and there and how there's because because Kent wasn't served with certified election, how it's it's election fraud and all the stuff he said. Right. And he said he went door to door down there. He saw that a lot of even Republican workers down there were discouraged to go vote. He said, in fact, that like when Trump told them to go vote, they didn't go for Senate. Right. So that's how Republicans lost the Senate seats. OK. With Purdue and um, uh, girl uh, owner of the dream uh, got out the paint because. You know, again, people, the, the vote was, was, was drained uh, because Trump drained the old Republican vote. This is coming from me from my own actual like Republican surrogates telling me this, right? So I would say keep that in mind. Again, ultimately, though, no one can win without Trump's blessing, quite frankly. So, again, like I said, unless legal stuff happens, uh, Trump's going to be the nominee. Now, there's other people who are, are I, I think, are all realistic about they have no shot, but trying to get a cabinet seat or just themselves for a vice presidency role or just their overall brand, right? One of prime purpose people like this is Vivek Ramsamy. Uh, Vivek is an upcoming, young, charismatic Republican commentator, politician. With that being said, to me, Vivek is a very slimy opportunist. He will say anything for votes or people to like him he's very flip-floppy with his positions i believe he's a one percent privileged first generation immigrant american who does not collectively understand america's history and at times is very demeaning and quite frankly out of touch that communicates with black american citizens vivek is also a very privileged elite elitist He's a former George Soros um, a recipient for a scholarship, fellowship for law school. At the time, it was made for poor immigrants. Vivek himself, who was a big pharmaceutical um, former executive, was making $700,000 at the time and took that opportunity away from a poor immigrant family. Uh, he's an elitist. Vivek is all over the place with things he says. Sometimes he makes some good points, sure. But a lot of times, Vivek is just literally on a bingo card just saying popular rhetoric that the servers want to hear. Reverse racism is racism. Stop the wars. Stop the vaccines. Anti-big pharma. Anything Trump says. And it's all over the place, right? And for me, he clearly is trying to make a, a, a stay for vice presidency. Or really just his book, to be honest, that he dropped. Uh, trying to get the sales up for it. You know, Vivek is all over the place. You know, at the, the debate, he was talking about how, oh, you know, um, like we need to stop funding Ukraine. 
But we need to keep funding billions in Israel, though. And I don't have a stake on either or of those things. It's just that you say one thing for giggles and stuff like that, like stop funding, but then their ally, you want to find, like, well, which one is it? Like, you can't be both. You can't be just one person who's all like, let's stop getting money to a foreign government at the same time, and let's keep getting money to a foreign government. I'm just saying it's pretty hypocritical there in that regard. Uh, all over the place again with his with his views, especially himself being a large pharmaceutical uh, former executive as well. Um, he also is not a true Republican; hasn't been registered Republican for years, uh, and he's just doing this opportunist element as well. And especially what returns me off is how he talks about Black Americans, and uh, he, he talks very demonizing and talks a very low perspective. And quite frankly, you would expect someone who uh, benefited off the Civil Rights Act, um, especially for the immigration laws, allowed his parents to uh, immigrate to this country because of the sacrifice of black Americans. And so to continue to talk down on black American citizens who without us, your family would never, you wouldn't be in this country, quite frankly, you'd be back in that place you came from, which is India. So yeah, Vivek, uh, yeah, he, 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 he'll be around, uh, but he, he's an opportunist. He's a slippery slope. Um, you see, he just bites a lot of politicians' lines. Um, again, very limited understanding, I think, of America's history because black history is American history. And Vivek clearly has shown time and time again, he has a very limited understanding of scope of that. And ironically, he talks about having um, people take citizenship tests to graduate high school. Telling an American citizen to take a citizenship test to graduate high school is disgusting. We're an American citizen. Why do I want to take that test to graduate high school? No, stop. Okay. Uh, and with that being said as well, uh, Vivek also doesn't understand a lot of American history. So I bet we give him an African-American history quiz, uh, he would fail that uh, because American history. And it's told from a very limited perspective. So Vivek, you don't get to come in our country. And when I say you come in our country, I understand you're a first-generation American. Your parents came to this country. But what I say is that oftentimes you don't share the same rhetoric that other fellow Americans uh, seem to have. And you talk from a very dog-whistling perspective. Um, and again, as a black American citizen uh, whose family has uh, fought and goes back to the Civil War, um, who were Buffalo soldiers in every single war ever since then. Uh, from understanding, Vivek's family has never sacrificed an ounce of blood for this country, has never fought in a single war or military for this country. In fact, have benefited off the sacrifices that many black Americans have made so his family could immigrant here. Um, with that being said, I'm just disgusted that when he comes with his attitude to talk down on black American citizens, you need to stop, Vivek. Because I understand you're, you got a dog whistle for those white green conservatives, but understand, so you're still brown to them. Uh, I know you may hate that or not acknowledge that, but you are. And they will always see you as that. And you'll never be them. And so that's my take on Divic. I, I think he's a very, a, again, smart individual, right? Um, I think he knows a lot. I think he's charismatic, all that. But also very, very limited with his knowledge and information. And in fact, he's scared and ducking a lot of black conservatives who want to ba debate him on many of the topics he's talking about. Uh, shout out Sonny Johnson. Vivek, debate Sonny Johnson. Stop running from it. So, with that being said as well, there are only three people who are truly even polling the higher numbers. After that, you got Nikki Haley, former governor of South Carolina. Uh, I think she had a really good uh, take at the, the primaries. She showed a lot of good, good, lot of good takes, actually. They kind of like proved her profile a little bit. So, that helped her out a lot. However, you know, again, all these people are like former Trump acolytes. So it's kind of like they kind of flip-flop. So she was a former on Trump's administration, his cabinet. But then like now she's like anti-Trumper. So it's like, all right, well, but again, former governor of South Carolina. So, you know, shout her out. My guy, Tim Scott, uh, one of our three black American senators that we have in our entire country. Again, out of 100 senators, only three are black. And Tim Scott is the only Republican. Um, I like Tim Scott. That's my guy. South Carolina. I think Tim's could be a rising star. 
unfortunately, Tim, I don't think you're going to win this primary. Uh, the reality is, in the South, you know, they don't really play the whole being a bachelor thing. Uh, Tim Scott's been, you know, he's a bachelor. He's not married, not the kids, not family. And just collectively, the politics, the aesthetics, I know it's, it's shallow. I know it's not everyone has a family at all. I'm not saying that. But politically speaking, that kind of goes along to it. I think Tim Scott generally does get it right, I think, talking about efforts uh, in America. Uh, you should look at his work, especially the criminal justice reform he did as well. Uh, Tim Scott uh, led a bipartisan bill. Um, so he does, as a black senator, I think he recognizes a black man. He does recognize at times that what's happening in the country. Again, of course, he's a Republican and conservative, so he's going to have those viewpoints and everything. But for me, Tim Scott does understand it. And I, I hope Tim Scott the best. I hope he keeps rising his campaign here. He's a lot of money that he has to stay in the race and everything like that. I don't know if that moves into a cabinet position for Tim Scott or something or VP. I hope maybe a cabinet position if somehow, some way, again, if we're welcome. Republican uh, nominee wins the presidency as a whole, but we'll see. But yeah, Tim Scott. And then we get down to Chris Christie and Mike Pence. Chris Christie, former governor of New, York, New Jersey, just a large anti-Trumper. That's that's pretty much all the relevancy is, quite frankly. Chris Christie did the whole thing in 2016, for president, failure in that regard. Uh, I know he's been a big anti-Trumper since, so I know Democrats love him, put him on CNN, NBC. Look, you could literally like be emperor thrawn okay from and leave the empire of star wars okay and be Darth vader's right hand man but if you're anti-trump you will be applauded and given a show on cnn <laughs> okay it doesn't matter who you are that it's, it's kind of annoying quite frankly but is what it is but he has no chance and then mike pence former vice president um for mike you know of course it, when he announced the campaign he had some 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 had some flames going to him. Did a nice sit, you know, interview with 60 Minutes, talking about how, you know, the day of the quote-unquote insurrection, January 6th, how he did the right thing, and he, you know, unified the country and put, you know, a country over party. And and, I, and I'll commend Mike Pence for that. In all seriousness, Mike Pence did the right thing January 6th, right? He certified the election as vice president, right? He adhered to our constitution. And I know it's tough. I know everything's so partisan, but it has to happen. We have to always put this country over partisanship. I, we have to. And I commend Mike Pence for that, right? It's a tough thing to do because he knew what that meant for himself and the political element too and able to backdrop, but he did the right thing, right? So as a politician, as a, 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 a servant to the country, we commend you, Mike Pence. Uh, outside of that, Mike Pence, uh, you have no chance of getting near the presidency. Not getting near the presidency. He has very extreme views that I can't get jiggy with. And um, yeah, it's not, not happening there. I know you had a big back and forth with Vivek there. Um, yeah, Mike Pence, you know, again, he'll, he's still part of the old guard Republican Party. You know what I'm saying? And him following up with Trump. And Trump's base with MAGA, there's no way he's going to support Mike Pence in that regard. But he's running, so we'll see how long that lasts for. Like I said, ultimately, I think Trump will be the nominee unless some type of legal stuff literally takes him out that way. And that probably Trump versus Biden again, potentially. Right now, it's close to all the polls. A lot of polls have Biden leading, excuse me, Trump leading Biden in a lot of polls. And in some polls, Trump, Biden leading Trump. So, We'll see how that plays out, but I'm just telling you, Trump's the nominee again. Uh, that's going to get strong, I'll tell you that much. I think a lot of the moderates independent that vote for Biden in 2020, which won the election, will be potentially swing back to maybe voting Trump in some regard. Um, a lot of stuff can play out, especially legal stuff with Trump as well, too, and how, how he gets out of that. And, you know, especially from a just ethical moral level, but also just from a, a, a PR standpoint. But I think MAGA is... 10 toes with him right now where like it doesn't matter what happens because it's portrayed as kind of like a witch hunt it's portrayed as unjust um government 
and it's, it's portrayed as a politically motivated element. A lot of the Republican Party have been echoing those sentiments. Um, again, no one's about the law, but in some regard, they're kind of right. It is definitely politically motivated. Now, granted, did, did you do this stuff? Maybe wrong? Sure, maybe. But we'll see what happens with that. I think as a whole that as we move these primary season, I think it's good to have debates. It's good to have dialogue. I think the, the Democratic Party should have a debate. They should definitely have a debate. Open that dialogue up. Be open-minded to the third-party candidates. I know people who are partisan are already grinding in their teeth and in their chair and already to blame them. But guess what? As an independent, uh, I don't care what you think. I say it respectfully and disrespectfully in that regard, right? I'm going to vote for who I think is the best candidate and the best policy. My ancestors fought for me to have the choice to vote. The choice to vote. And there's nothing you can do to ever bully, shame me, or, or guilt me into voting for a candidate that doesn't represent me. So with that being said as well, that is the unique element of having independent thought. So that's the primary stuff going on right here. We'll see what happens moving forward. The Dem side, we'll see if RFK Jr. can get any more share out of Biden's vote or more importantly, take some share out of uh, Trump's vote where he does get a lot of Trump supporters as well too, right? Some of the moderates. It'll be interesting to see as well. Um, ultimately, we'll see who's the nominee going to be on the Democratic side. I think Biden needs a campaign. I need his platform. Just... Keep in mind for different surrogates, people out here who will be reporting different information on these different candidates here. We'll see what shakes out, especially your Republican candidacy here. The, the pool will start slowly, slowly falling in on themselves, um, especially as we get closer and closer into the fall, into the real campaign season here. But yeah, that's my take on the primaries from both the Democratic, Independent, and Republican side here. I appreciate you tuning in. Um, again, don't always agree with everything I said here today, and that's cool. That's jiggy. Just check it out. Make sure you have an open mind, and just uh, make sure you do your research yourself here. All right, we need more youthful thought, information, and good ideas going in our country. So let's get new energy in here. You heard? All right, yo. Appreciate you tuning in today. Stay tuned. Check out next week's episode. Stay safe. Stay at peace. Stay connected.